0: I've got a nephew that I think a lot of He works for this oil company and about four years ago and they moved him down to South America and I ain't seen him since but he still thinks about me and I'll my crab Every Christmas he sends us a nice present. This past Christmas he sent us a live bird. A green bird about this tall. That little yellow top a on his head with some red on it a hook beat and sent it to us live from South America. I'll tell you something. That bird was <laughs> very
1: <laughs> we had him
0: for Christmas dinner we fixed him with some dressing and some cranberry sauce
1: sweet potato
0: stuff well after Christmas my nephew called don't know if we got the bird I said we got him well I liked him I said he was delicious <laughs> he said you don't mean you eat that bird I said of course we did well, my nephew got all upset and just fixed the fit. He said, I paid a fortune for that bird. He said, that thing's worth a fortune. He said, that bird could speak two different languages. I said, well, he
2: should have
1: said something. You know,
2: over the course of the years of our marriage, sometimes I feel like that bird must have felt, if I would have just said the right thing at the right time, I wouldn't be in this mess. Welcome to communication in your marriage. Welcome back. Well, last week, we looked at how to go the distance in our marriage. And we looked at it from the context of not only how to go the distance, but also how to thrive in our marriage. And we talked about at some point, earlier is better than later, we need to become intentional about our marriage. We need to start making intentional choices. And and we looked at Intentional about what? A a list that comes from research that helps us understand what do we need to be intentional about? Well, we need to be intentional about lowering risk in our marriage, and we need to also be intentional about raising protection. And this morning we're going to be talking about communication. if you look at this, you you see communication and conflict resolution are on the lowering risk side. And there have been a lot of studies done about marital satisfaction. In fact, one I saw last year, communication is one of the is the top predictor for marital satisfaction. That is to say, show me what you're doing in, in terms of communicating in your marriage, and we can predict how happy you're going to be, how satisfied, is the way we're discussing it. And conflict resolution was in the top five. So if you think about this list for just a moment, if you think about communication and conflict resolution. Think about how those two affect everything else on this list. There's a very strong correlation between how well we're going to do here and how, how well we're going to do in anything else that we try uh, to, to undertake because we're either going to do it well or we're going to continue to create problems just because we're not communicating well and, and because we're, we're not resolving conflict. Well, there's another correlation, and we're going to talk more about that as as we unpack intimacy. But the correlation is is that there's a a correlation between how well we communicate, do we communicate in in our marriage, and intimacy in our marriage. And uh, I I mention this now sort of as a preview for us guys, okay, mainly. Because if you want, like I want, like most of us want, if you want more, and better intimacy in your marriage, then what I'm saying is pay attention to what we're getting ready to talk about. Don't wait till we talk about the intimacy section because you're going to miss a lot of what we're going to talk about in the intimacy section. There's a correlation between the two. Well, last week we also talked about problems. We talked about how does God use problems in our marriage? How does God make me more like Him? in in using problems. And we talked about it from from a standpoint of the fruit of the Spirit. Um, How does God use use Edie as we interact to help me learn patience in my marriage? And vice versa, how how does God use me to help Edie use self-control? And we talked about, you know, all of us have those lists. Well, here's what I want you to do this morning. Think with me about a time where you experienced really good fruit, okay? Now, I'm, I'm talking about the kind you eat, okay? So just think with me for a minute. Think about what is your favorite fruit and when did you eat some of it, okay? How about favorite fruit? What are some of your favorites? Strawberries. Strawberries, okay? You ever had a really good one?
1: Yeah. Okay?
2: Yeah. What? Hawaiian pineapples, yeah. Somebody else? Fruit. Grapefruit. grapefruit. Mangoes, from Fiji. Mangoes from Fiji. Oh, that reminds me. That wasn't actually a setup. But before we get rolling in this, I want to introduce uh, a special couple we have here with us this, uh, this Sunday. This is Jeff and Jennifer Lauer, and they are missionaries uh, returning from Fiji. They were on the island of Fiji, and they are now moving back. To, uh, Dallas so any of you if you have a really inexpensive house that you need to unload <laughs> they want to talk
1: <laughs> okay
2: okay well fruit for me it's peaches all right peaches I I love peaches and I'm talking about when I think peaches I, I think big ripe juicy peaches yeah Georgia peaches we often think of right? I, I'm talking about the kind that, you know, when you bite into it, it is so full of sweet juice. It just gushes, and it runs kind of, you know, just kind of does this, you know. And you don't mind so much, right? Well, Heidi and I were at a family reunion last year, and it was her, fam- her family. And uh, one of her relatives brought a bushel load of peaches. And these were some of the best peaches I have ever eaten. And he was cutting them up in slices, and he was taking this little bowl around, and he was working the crowd. He was serving peaches. I mean, he just... And he did this constantly. Well, after a while, I'm sort of ashamed to admit that I sort of started timing who I was talking to based on his route, okay? <laughs> I was like getting back in line again. And it, I probably ate, if you added up all the slices, I don't know, three, four... We're recording this. Probably five or six peaches, okay? They were incredible. Well, all of us have probably enjoyed sweet fruit that you've received from somebody else. So, now I want you to connect fruit that we eat to fruit of the Spirit. And I want you to think about this in the context of communication, okay? Communication in our marriage. I want you to think about some of the fruit of the Spirit. I want you to think about, for example, kindness. How we respond in a kind way. I want you to think about patience. Are you patient in, in, in your communication? I want you to think about self-control. Uh, about gentleness. So here's the question. So how often would your spouse describe the fruit of the Spirit received from you as the most incredibly juicy fruit that they've ever received you just think about over the course of your marriage think about that question or 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 would they describe it more as sort of akin to biting into kind of like a kind of a yellowish red tomato you know kind of the kind we get on hamburgers you know yeah yeah exactly you, you know what I'm talking about. Edible, but not so tasty. Well, uh, Edie and I went to a class here a while back on, on communication. And uh, I'll be honest with you. I, I'd heard it. okay. And after a while, I started started playing this little game okay, to amuse myself. And it was basically I got points for every time I guessed exactly what he was going to say as we're moving through this, you know, because I, I knew it all. And at some point in this class, it was like the Holy Spirit reached down, okay? If any of you have ever watched NCIS, you know Jethro, okay? He's got this guy, and and he's constantly going, right? It was just like that. It was like the Holy Spirit just whacked him and said, Hey, Mr. Smarty Pants, Mr. Marriage Communication Guru Expert, this section coming up right here, I, I put that in there special for you. Listen, And as I did, this guy started talking about juicy peaches and he started talking about fruit of the Spirit and he started talking about how is your spouse receiving fruit of the Spirit from you? And I became convicted over it. I became convicted that, you know what, I may know it, but there's some things in my life in terms of communication that I I need to work on. I, I need to work on, for me, it was tone it had to do with tone and it had to do with body language with respect to the, the way that, that I was communicating with her. And we're going to talk more about that. But here, I, I say all that to say this. You may know everything we're getting ready to talk about, but the question I want you to think about as we move through this is, how would your spouse describe the fruit of the Spirit being received from you on a constant basis? Is that juicy peach? Or would it be more like, kind of like that, that tomato?
3: Okay, and so after that class, I have to tell you, maybe it's because he was convicted. Maybe it was because he really wanted to make some changes. But we got home that day, and he said, I want you to sit down on the couch. And he got some lotion, and he gave me a foot rub, ladies, with lotion.
2: That's <laughs> worn off now. And I said, <laughs> "I said, oh, that
3: is a sweet, juicy peach. <laughs> so now we kind of refer to our interactions. Oh, that was a sweet, juicy peach, are Mm, Not so sweet.
2: (laughs) Well, we're going to be talking about communication this morning, and and one of the things that we want to talk about are are barriers to communication. Okay, What are some of the barriers to communication, and then what can we do to either eliminate those barriers or to to minimize them? Because barriers in communication cause communication, at best, to to be frustrating. So let me ask you, as as a group, you think about what are some of the barriers to communication that exist within the context of marriage. you want to write some of these down? Yeah,
3: can I get you all to move up just a bit? They can pull a few more in. <laughs>
2: David? Is there, are there any more handouts in the back? No? Sorry. No. We'll right. okay, get you one. Uh, yes? There should be two. Can we make
1: some more for you real quick?
2: Uh, sure, that great. I need one more up <laughs> to
1: <laughs>
2: Okay, barriers. Barriers to communication. Give me some feedback.
1: Well, to me, it, it's the male female barrier. Okay. Parts.
2: Differences. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because
0: the, the male is like... I think about it today, and by the time I get to tomorrow, I've
1: forgotten about it. Okay. And then the other part would be, yeah, was not the reading. You know, we just say things, and we put no intent behind it, but the intent, what you were saying, the intent, the body language, it's like, that doesn't mean anything. We're not that coordinated. You know? Right.
2: That's not what I meant to say. That's yeah. That's, yeah that's not we'll that. talk about that. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, so differences between just male and female, right? How about some others? Just Uh, barriers. Pride. Pride. Anger. Anger. Anger.
1: Timing.
2: Timing. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Timing. That was good timing. (laughs) Somebody said expectations. Yeah. Expectations. Delivery process. process. Yeah.
1: Children.
2: Children. Oh, yeah. Write that twice. (laughs) Intent. Yep. Well, we could go on for a while, couldn't we? And we're going to talk about some specific barriers to communication. (laughs) TV. Yeah.
1: TV remote. Okay, now this is getting getting a little personal. Why don't we stop over there, okay?
2: Yeah. We don't need to tell everything. You know what? Early on in our relationship, we guys... We're on a mission. And the mission, get the girl. You know, those of you that were here last week, I, I looked up one day and I said, Wow, who is that? And I started changing some of my behaviors to get the girl. And, and, and the relationship did develop. She did see the error of her way. She did go out with me. <laughs> okay, And then wedding bells began to ring. And,
3: and then something happened. And then something happens, Yeah. <laughs> Now, something does happen. Is, uh, you may have heard someone said it, marriage is like um, a phone call you get in the night, middle of the night. First you get the ring, and then you wake up.
1: Think
2: about it.
3: <laughs> well, we've been pre-married couple, and we have been around a lot of pre-married couples, and so you may recognize the symptoms of a pre-married couple. They say something like, we talk all the time. We have so much to talk about. We can talk for hours and hours and hours. Isn't it amazing that after a year, give or take, (laughs) they're already finding communication problems, having trouble talking to one another?
2: Well, listen to this true story about uh, how communication changes uh, after we get married. Sana, age 27, and Adam, age 32, used the nickname Sweetie, and Prince of Joy, when they met someone in an Internet chat room. I didn't make this up. Does he have a lightsaber? You know, I've never, thought, I've never actually thought about it, but Prince of Joy. Think about that for a minute. Huh? That's interesting. Okay. During during a couple of months of Internet communication, they became closer and opened up their souls to each other, discussing their day, their marriage problems, as well as their newly discovered secret love and understanding. I was suddenly in love again. It was beautiful, Sonia said. I thought I finally found someone who understands me and who is in a similar situation, in a bad marriage like I am. Both Sweetie and Prince of Joy believed that they had found new soulmates and potential partners for the rest of their lives, so they agreed on a date to finally meet their new loves. Imagine their shock when they realized that they actually knew each other, having been married to each other for several
1: years.
2: (laughs) It is still hard for me to believe that sweetie, who told me so many sweet things and who understands me, is in fact the woman I'm married to and who never told me such words. Haddon said, accusing each other of cheating, the couple immediately file for divorce. What a tragic story. You think about what just happened here. They actually began to communicate. They were beginning to communicate at, at a deep level, and yet they, they called it quits. Well, we talked about this last week, but one of the first barriers to communication is the, the in-love phase. It, it wears off. And I, and I told you some of the phrases that you're going to hear when we're back in love again. Remember I told you that one of the ways that the juiced brain becomes active again is during an extramarital affair? And one of the things you're going to hear is, I'm so in love again. That's exactly what she said here. I am so in love again. Okay? Well, we just need to be aware of that barrier to communication. We talked last week about marital satisfaction and one of the ways that we can do kind of a snapshot of, of where are we in terms of marital satisfaction is we can go and we can take the couple's checkup okay, and we gave you some instructions on how to go online and do that I just want well first off is anybody anybody taking it yet okay let, let me encourage you it's in your packet okay let me encourage I won't you I will be
3: in the newcomer's page today we'll, yeah give we'll get you some instructions it about it. how
2: let me encourage you to, to go take that okay One of the things that it's going to focus on are personality traits. And it's not that our personality traits are wrong. I have the right ones and she has the wrong ones, or vice versa. It's that these differences can be a real barrier to communication. And one of the differences that we have is, for me, I'm not trying to be unloving. I I am not trying to be hard when I am direct and frank with Edie. Okay? I'm exhibiting a personality trait. And and this this particular survey, they call this the the low-pleasing trait. Okay? It's not a bad trait to have, actually, if you need somebody that can be frank and direct. But the problem is, is that we need to be controlled by the Holy Spirit because you see that same trait has its positive characteristics when used in a haphazard fashion. Not a okay, juicy peach. it is not a, It does not produce juicy peaches. Okay, so you see how that works. Well, another barrier we've already talked about: differences between men and women. What are some of the common differences that you see showing up in communication? between the way men and women communicate. We talked about a little bit about this. What, what's some more? Men
1: want
2: to fix things. Men, men want to fix things. We're fixers. That's right. Ron talked about in, in a sermon two weeks ago. about. And, and I'll, I'll do this. will talk about something that happened during the day. And sometimes I'm a little confused about, is this one of those times where I just need to say, I'm sorry, and listen, or do I really need to fix it? Okay.
3: So he's learned to ask.
2: So sometimes <laughs> I ask. I don't know. Is This one of those times. What else? Other differences between men and women in terms of...
1: Women, women are emotional.
2: Okay. Emotional. And, you know... The
1: well, I, I tend to cry. Okay. <laughs> 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 and then you know, shut down. You know what I'm saying? I cry yeah. and then I kind of shut down
2: okay. to protect myself. Okay. There are, there, all right. You just have to watch what you say how you say it. Watch what you say and how you say it. That's right. Women need to say 3,000 words a day and if a man speaks 1,000, by the time
1: I get home, I'm all done with my 1,000. Absolutely. There's
2: actually been some studies done, uh, one by Gary Smalley, and uh, it said that women typically have about 25,000 words and men have about 12,500 words that they use. And we've used all our words up by the time we, we come home. So... One husband he, he came home with this new study, and he wanted to prove to his wife that women talk twice as much as men and he told her about this and and she thought about it for a minute and she said, "The reason that women talk as, twice as much as men is because we have to repeat everything we say
1: <laughs> and her husband stunned
2: looked up from his newspaper and said, "What <laughs> <laughs> difference had one bag in the court. other differences."
1: Well,
3: the men, Detail, with generalization. Yes, Yes, we like, well, we've heard it said that women think in color and men think in black and white. So we like to to really fill in the picture with more color. So, for example, if I go out to lunch with a friend, Brian might ask me, where'd you go? Did you have a good time? But if he goes out with a friend for lunch, I'm probably going to ask, where'd you go? What'd you eat? Did they have a good dessert? Were there a lot of people there? How was the waitstaff? staff? What would you talk about?
2: How's his kids? How's his wife? Okay. And I said, yeah, we talked about the kids. We talked about, you know, we're, we're going to all be playing, you know, softball again. And, and he's got a problem like I do. I mean, he can't get his kids to run through first base either. And then we moved on. And
3: But not. I want to know fo- about the whole picture. I want to know about the relationship part of the whole interaction. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well... There's another barrier to communication. I think we have it up there. It's bound to be there. Busyness. It's not up there, but, but it should be. Busyness. Look with me over in Luke. Luke chapter 10. And let's start in uh, about verse 38. Luke 10, verse 38.
1: Busyness the same thing as distraction.
2: I think distraction often comes from busyness. Sometimes we're just not focused at all on our marriage. We're not being intentional. and I think sometimes busyness causes that to happen. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and she asked, Lord, don't you care that my worthless sister has left me to do all the work by myself? This is my version that I'm reading from. Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. There are two points about this passage that that I want to make. And the first is, is that busyness is a huge communication barrier. You see, if you think about this for a moment, what did Martha miss? She missed an unscheduled opportunity to sit at the feet of the most important man to ever have lived. She missed an unscheduled opportunity to build a relationship you think about that in the context of your marriage, how many times is it, you know, your your wife or your husband maybe wants to talk to build the relationship in the middle of fill in the blank, okay, an unscheduled opportunity, or for me, even more so with our daughters. I don't know what it was about my girls, but, but we never communicated until it was at least 1130 at night. Okay. Well, I'm a bed at 9.45. Nine. Nine. I just found out Johnny Carson's not on anymore. You know, I mean, it's it's been a while. That's what I'm talking about. Unscheduled opportunities, And, and the point is, is that we need to, especially us guys, we need to try to prioritize task over relationship. I said, that just exactly wrong, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. We need to... See, that's exactly how I'm wired, okay? Task first, then we, we can chat. But actually, we need to put relationship over task. Relationship over task. Well, <clears throat> if you don't, the hecticity of life is going to rob you blind. Hecticity. A friend of mine coined that word. And, uh, you know, the result is it's going to impact... Your marriage is going to impact the intimacy in, in your marriage. I think I said this last week, but um, researchers, you know we were talking about marital satisfaction over life stages, and one of those life stages is the empty nest years. okay? Does anybody remember what happened to marital satisfaction at the beginning of the empty nest years? anybody remember? Yeah, it, it, all right, it started back up again, right? Well, researchers are beginning to see now a spike in the divorce rate right at that point. P- people are calling it quits bef- before that spike. And you know what? <clears throat> Edie and I, we're now in the, the empty nest phase. We've just, just entered it. And, and, and what you have, oftentimes, are two people that are now looking across a, a breakfast room table. A- and they realize that somewhere along the way, they don't know each other anymore. And... They call it quits. And and I can tell you that we are so glad that we tried to be intentional in our marriage about scheduling some time together so that we didn't look across the table and go, man, somewhere along the way.
3: And now we look across the table and go, ooh, fun begins. That's right. That's right. The
2: fun begins. Well, the takeaway (laughs) here is, men, we need to commit to build relationships. And you say, well, how do you do that? By communicating by communicating because you see communication is essential to building a relationship but also this women primarily okay communicate to build relationships whereas us guys <coughs> primarily we, we tend to just sort of communicate to exchange facts and 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 ideas we don't get the connection between our wife's need for communication, a need that is not wrong, it is different from ours, and the relationship to intimacy in our marriage, we're going to continue to unpack that. Okay, but there is a connection. Well, look with me at a passage. I think it's in your handout. Is it uh, not? Ephesians four twenty nine. Yeah. Oh, it's us awesome. Yeah. Here we go. Ephesians four twenty nine. Read read with me out loud here, everybody. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up, according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. You know this passage is one of those "do unto your neighbor" passages. I'm gonna keep saying this. Who's your closest neighbor? How does this apply? Does this apply to our marriage? Does this apply to communication in our marriage? Yeah, I I think it does. So, if God were keeping a ledger, and it was a ledger of communication in your marriage, and on the one hand, there was titled communication that built spouse up. And the other hand was communication that tore spouse down. I want you to stop and think about what that list looks like right now. If God were up there <coughs> looking at this list about your marriage. What, what do you think that looks like? Let me read to you a passage from Matthew. This is in Matthew 12, uh, verse 36. He says, But I tell you that men... Will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every careless word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted and by your words you will be condemned. You know, as I I look forward to heaven and I do, I'll be honest with you, one of the things that I'm not looking so forward to is standing before God and giving an account of how I have loved her and how I have treated her and how I have communicated with her. I mean, I I, I sort of have this, this visual of Jesus and I are standing there, and, okay, at the Baymas seat, and, and we're kind of going to watch on the big screen my life, and it's played all the way through, okay, in, in a flash. Can you imagine? Put yourself in, in in that situation. The shame as you watch yourself rip your spouse year after year, time after time. I can tell you that at least in our marriage, there was a period early on where that list would have been very lopsided. Tear down would have been a lot longer than build up. Because you see, I, I had a biblical notion of marriage. to become one. And I was the one that we were going to be like. <laughs> okay? And you know, to be honest with you, it wasn't so much pride as it was... I, I really... I had this idea that our marriage would be a heck of a lot better if what I saw in her as relational weaknesses became organizational strengths. Let me say that a different way. Edie is very high on the relational side. Okay? We can be with a couple and, and, and in seconds her radar is going, and she can read people. Well, that was just a weakness to me. I mean, I want to talk about organization and let's get things done. And I spent a lot of time over the years trying to 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 change her and my words would have been reflected on that list well back to the Ephesians verse 429 there's a second point I want to make about this verse and and that is this it's the part about benefiting benefiting those who listen (laughs) Well, now, normally you think about that and you say, well, that means the person that we're talking to. And I, and I think clearly in, in the primary context, that's exactly right. But there's a secondary audience that I want you to think about with me for a minute. And it's really a question of how do you think that you are benefiting, or let me say it a different way, how do you think you are impacting okay, the people that are listening to you, that are around you, Okay, listening to how you talk about and to your spouse. Think, think about that for a moment. You know, we touched just briefly on legacy last week. But you know, we're all going to leave a legacy to our kids. Your kids are watching, by the way. They're picking up, okay? What kind of a legacy are you going to send forward into their marriage as a result of the way mom and dad interact? Let me ask this sort of in a little different way. What difference did Christ make in your marriage with respect to how you were interacting? What does the fruit of the Spirit look like in your marriage, in my marriage? Do you think they're going to conclude as they look back that Christ made a difference? There's another group of people that's listening. Think about your neighbors, think about your coworkers. Okay? They're watching too. And you know what? Here's what I know about them. I don't know any of your neighbors. But I know this about them. I know that it is an extremely high likelihood that they want a happy marriage. I mean, that's, that's kind of a universal thing. Again, we call it high marital satisfaction. But they want that. Okay? They're watching you. What are they going to conclude about your Christ as a result of how they see you interact with your spouse? Let me ask it kind of in a more pointed way. Are they going to conclude that they have any interest in your Christ? Did he make a difference in your life? Because that's what they're really interested in. I think um, a godly marriage is one of the the strongest evangelistic tools that we have in in sharing our faith.
3: All right, we're going to transition now from the barriers into how to have good communication. Uh, look on your handouts. Did everybody end up with a handout? Did we get some copies made or? I have a couple back.
2: Please. Okay. All right. All right. Do on your handout. Do we have an extra one anywhere? Right there? But I have more. I have paper. Pass it forward if There's a couple up here.
3: Okay. On the handout, uh, there's three basic components of good effective communication. <laughs> All right, are we good? Number one, you can fill in the blank, expressing. Number one is expressing. And that's simply the art of delivering a message. (coughs) Number two, listening. The art of receiving the message. So we've got expressing and listening. And then number three, responding or feedback. That's taking action because of the message. And then you can fill in the blanks here. Good communication is one person is seeking to be understood and the other person is seeking to understand. One person seeking to be understood and the other person seeking to understand. But couldn't we very easily fill in the blanks a little differently? Like <laughs> one person seeking to be understood and the other person seeking to be understood.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> that Number three, the component, was responding or feedback. I was curious about what communication really meant. So I went to thetrustedictionary.com. Couldn't live without it. And so I found several definitions that were intriguing. Um, one is the act of communicating. Duh. Okay, thoughts, messages, or information. Another one is um, means of communication being a connection. And then I came across this one, and it says, the act or fact of communicating as communication of smallpox. And I thought about that for a minute. I, okay, that really is communication. If one person has it, they give it to another person, and they, the other person gets it, it's been communicated. But it's not been communicated until the other person gets it. You with me? So, I want to try something. It's going to be a little challenging now that we're so cozy in here. I'm going to pass these envelopes around, and I want the men to take out one card. Don't let your ladies see it. Okay, no ladies can see it. I just pass it out so every man
1: has a card. All right, that'll work.
3: So, each man take one card. Yeah, pass it on down. Take one card out of the envelope. One card out of the envelope,
2: okay? Just pass them around so everybody gets the card so out of the envelope. <laughs> Every man.
1: <laughs>
2: okay.
3: <laughs> and I may not have enough. I hope I do, but if it, we'll, you'll get the picture anyway. Anybody else need one? Okay, there's a couple coming around in the back there. Alright, men, here's what I want you to do. There is a phrase on your card. I want you to turn to your wife and say to her the phrase that is on your card. Okay? Go. You <laughs> didn't get one? Okay. Are there any cards left? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe one of you can share it with you after, after you said yours. <laughs>
3: okay, guys, let me ask you a question. Did all of you know what you were trying to communicate? Sure. Yes, absolutely. It was very clear to you what you were trying to say. Wives, how many of you understood what he said? One, two. Not three, very not many. Not very many.
2: There were many. a lot of perplexed looks.
3: <laughs> a lot of blank stares and puzzled looks on the faces. What happened? Was your message communicated to your wife? Not
1: really, no.
3: You tried, but you weren't speaking, you weren't expressing in a way that she understood. Right? So it's kinda like she didn't get it, even though you were trying to express and communicate something to her. I love you. Maybe in Swahili or Pig Latin or something that was on your card. Portuguese. Portuguese.
2: <laughs> yeah, so for those of you that didn't get a card, that's what was going on, yeah. is that the phrase was I love you. In about ten languages, different languages in the room. Many different languages.
3: <laughs> so she may not have gotten your message. So it wasn't really communicated to her. She doesn't know what you're saying. So it's kind of like when the um, Titanic ship was going down, and they sent out the SOS for help. They could have tried to communicate that message forever, and it well, until they saw it.
2: and it <laughs> wouldn't have done
3: them any good because there might not have been anyone to receive the message and respond to the message. Okay, so until the Carpathia heard their message and responded, that message was not communicated. Somebody had to get it. So it's very important how you, you express yourself. There's a passage, well, let me. I, I want to kind of transition a little bit. There's good ways to express yourself so that your spouse understands and gets your message. But then there's also times when you may express things that you don't intend to express, right? So you communicate things that you don't necessarily want. Have you ever said something and then you wanted to say, let me take that back? It's like you want to reach out and grab it and pull it back, but it's already out there. There's nothing you can do about it, right? There's a passage in the book of James, and you can read with me in your handout. It's printed in there, James 3, 2 through 12. It says, if anyone can control his tongue, it proves that he has perfect control over himself in every other way. We can make a large horse turn around and go wherever we want by means of a small bit in his mouth. And a tiny rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot (coughs) wants it to go, even though the winds are strong. So also the tongue is a small thing, but what enormous damage it can do. A great forest can be set on fire by one tiny spark, and the tongue is a flame of fire. It is full of wickedness and poisons every part of the body and the tongue is set on fire by hell itself and can turn our whole lives into a blazing flame of destruction and disaster. Men have trained or can train every kind of animal or bird that lives and every kind of reptile and fish but no human being can tame the tongue. It is always ready to pour out its deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Heavenly Father and sometimes it breaks out into curses against men who are made like God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth Dear brothers, surely this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out first with fresh water and then with bitter water? Can you pick olives from a fig tree or figs from a grapevine? No, and you can't draw fresh water from a salty pool. So your tongue or your expression, what you're trying to communicate, can be a guiding force in your marriage, a positive force in your marriage. It's like a tiny rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot wants us to go, even though the winds are strong. Or it can totally erode and destroy it. The tongue is a small thing, but what enormous damage it can do. So James is talking about the tremendous power that we have with our tongue and with our words when he says, sometimes it praises and sometimes it breaks out into curses. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Dear brothers, surely this is not right. So we've got to learn how to express ourselves in such a way that we can turn the ship so to speak of our conflict maybe and head in the right direction with one another listen to this this is in your notes the real art of conversation is not only to say the right thing at the right moment but also to leave unsaid the wrong thing at the tempting moment let me repeat that the real art of conversation is not only to say the right thing at the right moment, but also to leave unsaid the wrong thing at the tempting moment.
2: You have a, a series of circles there at the bottom of your, of your handout. And let's uh, talk just very quickly <coughs> about the levels of communication because this is going to set us up for... When we come back in a couple of weeks to talk about intimacy in, in our marriage. Um, there are three levels of communication. The first is a casual, the second is emotional, and the third is intimate. Okay? Let me let me break these down for us. Here's some examples of casual conversation. Okay? It's elevator talk, okay? I just sleep last night. Fine. And the second example of casual is is fact. And this is where we guys, we're, we're really good. We like this, this level right here. It's just the facts, man, just, just the facts. Joe Friday got it right, okay? How'd you sleep last night? Fine, I slept three hours. Well, there's another level, and that's the level of, of opinion. So opinion is where we begin to take a position on, on what we know, okay? Opinion is what you think about what you know. How'd you sleep last night? I only slept three hours. I think the mattress needs to be replaced. (laughs) That's casual. There's a second level. And the second level is emotional. A couple of examples here. Emotional conversation is expressing our our feelings. How'd you sleep last night? I didn't sleep very well at all. I only slept three hours because I was kind of worried about something. Well, for us guys, this is the level that we're, we, we tend to start beginning to feel a little uncomfortable. Okay, For men especially, uh, emotional communication is probably limited to a few people in your lifetime. But here's the takeaway. Your spouse needs to be one of them. Your wife needs to be one of them. We've covered this, so let me just ask, guys, Why? Why does your wife need to be one of those? Because she's going to use communication to do what? Yeah, I heard it build build your relationship, right? I know that you know, and I know that there's no communication, there's no connection between communication and and going to this next level which is intimacy, but but there is for your wife. Well, in order to go to this next level, intimate conversation, you, you need to be willing to take a risk. It's where we sort of start letting her in on what's going on in here. If we don't go to this sort of this deeper level, then intimacy ultimately is going to, to suffer. The, the risk of being vulnerable. How did you sleep last night? I didn't sleep very well at all. I only slept about two or three hours because you know with the layoff coming? I looks to me like they are uh, they're favoring the younger managers now, and I'm not sure I'm going to make the cut. Okay, just a simple example of just letting her in as to what's going on in here. There's a whole discussion we could have. If are are, are any of you here uh, by vocation a first responder? Anybody? Uh, what, what do you do? First responder being. First responder, yeah, let me define that. EMS, police, fire, sometimes trauma room personnel. There's a whole discussion that we could have about why that particular group of people have an extremely difficult problem with this area right here. And in short, the answer is because they're trying to protect their spouse from the horror that they deal with on a daily basis. But the challenge is you got to let them in somehow. And they're taught oftentimes to just shut... Shut out everybody and everything. Well, let's keep moving here. Can I
1: ask a question about that? You bet. Yeah. That, I got. Where do you draw the line? Because
2: when you, it's with your daily work or whatever, but you know, because the husband, you protect your wife. Yeah, that is exactly right. The question is, where do you draw the line? And you know what? That's that's a call you're going to have to make. Okay. I mean, I can't explain exactly. Okay. If you're a police officer. Okay, and you went 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 to a raid, and you just happened to walk through a room, and you turned around, and you noticed that there was a guy pointing a gun at you. Okay, that's not what I'm talking about. All right, but what about you know, as you move through the rest of the room, and, and you saw the, the the baby in the corner that was obviously neglected. That you know, how did that make you feel? You see the difference here, where you're beginning to share feelings. I mean, it's it's a fine line. It's a, it's a good question. Well, listen to what Dr. Neil Warren wrote in his book, Learning to Live with the Love of Your Life. He said this He said, The best sexual relationship is one that proceeds out of a couple's deep and intimate soul bonding. Show me a couple for whom feelings and thoughts are shared from the innermost levels, and I will show you a couple ready to have a triumphant sexual relationship. There is a connection between communication and our intimacy. Well, now let's talk about expressing for just a moment.
3: Now we'll talk about a couple of ways to express your message. Um, okay, very quickly, I want—I was going to have you stand up, but that's not going to work. So just kind of <laughs> turn to your spouse and take your, your hand out and put it between your faces. Both of you hold your hand be- between your faces, okay?
1: <laughs> and what I want you to do is men,
3: be thinking about something that happened to you through the course of the week. Just one little thing. And I want you to take a couple of seconds to share with your wife, with your hand out between your faces, something that happened to you this week. Go. <laughs>
1: Okay, now, reverse it. Women, you tell
3: your husband something that happened to you.
1: Hands <laughs> between your faces. <laughs> okay,
3: we'll, we'll shut it down right there. What's, what's an observation you made about that, right quick? Was it easy? No. <laughs> Why?
2: We, we can't just come up with an answer. You know, well, okay, that's one thing. you got to think of something quick. That's a good answer, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can't, can't just come up with the answer, I mean, in terms of something that, happened, somebody, that was That was last week. We've already put that in our little shoebox and moved <laughs> on, right? a lot of communication
1: without the
3: Exactly. You yeah. can't see each other's eyes or their facial expressions. Okay, what about just the noise in the room? Was that a little distracting? Other stuff going on while you're trying to talk to Barriers
2: them? to communication.
3: Okay. So it, it's frustrating. You want to be able to see the storyteller. Okay. This is where the <coughs> next section in your hand, your notes, I think we have it on a slide, comes up. Every message has three aspects. 55% of a message is body language. That astounds me. 55% is body language. is your tone of voice. Whoa. 7% is words. Yes? (laughs) Statistics (laughs) discovered by me. By me. (laughs) He's the king of body language right here.
1: That would explain why words add to 10%?
3: Well, I mean, when you think about it,
1: 10% is words. It's like. 93%
3: has nothing to do with your words. (laughs) Right. Okay. So you can say the right things. You can say the right words. But if your body language and your tone of voice doesn't match up, you may communicate a different message than what you intend to communicate. For example, our daughter, our oldest daughter, Erin, has a little dog named Lucy. We call her Lucifer most of the time. (laughs) But I call her Dumb Dog. Okay. So let's just say that I say to little Dumb Dog, come here, Dumb Dog. What is she going to
1: do? She, she might just
3: kind of mosey over and see out of curiosity what I'm up to. What if I say, come here, dumb dog. Come here, dumb dog. She's probably not going to come to me. She's not that dumb. <laughs> okay? And what if I say, come here, dumb dog. Come here. Come here, dumb dog. Then what? She's going to come barreling and jump in my lap and lick me all over my face, which I can't stand. Okay? Okay? But what just happened here? I used the same four words, but a different tone of voice and different body language, and it communicated totally different messages. That's what we do sometimes with when we're trying to express or communicate something to our spouse. Body language, tone of voice, and your words have to be in sync for you to communicate your, your message effectively and to deliver juicy peaches.
2: <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, we're running out of time, and so let me... Uh let me put the plane on, on the ground here. There are two other aspects. One is listening, okay? Well, we need to learn to listen with understanding, with empathy, and learn to listen to the meaning behind the words. And we're going to talk about how we can become better listeners when we cover conflict resolution. There are some reflective listening skills that we can use that that will help us. But there's a third component to communication, and that's responding. At at every conversation, I mean, you you need to get into the game, so to speak, and and respond with appropriate conversation, with appropriate response, okay? Is it going to build up? A friend of ours gave us a good example of how not to do it. She was listening to her son, he was 12 at the time, and he was talking on the phone with his girlfriend, and it was obvious from from the conversation that his girlfriend was becoming agitated at him, and because he wasn't responding well. And finally, he said, "Hey," he said, "Do you know how hard it is to talk to you and play Xbox at the same time?"
1: <laughs>
2: it starts early for us guys, okay? It really, really does. <laughs> well, listen. We don't want to leave without the application part. You might have known everything here, but what are we going to do to become intentional? So let us just quickly cover some opportunities coming up. All right? Here's what, one of the things we'd like for you to do. We would like for you in this next week to talk about these two questions in your own marriage. What are some of the barriers? As an individual, you think about this for a minute. What are some of the barriers to communication in your own marriage? And what can you change? I didn't say your spouse. I said, what can you change to help overcome that barrier? And then get together as a couple and talk about the barriers to communication in your own marriage. You know, for some of us, one of our takeaways might need to be date night. One of our takeaways might need to be couch time. We, we might need to just schedule some time, 15 minutes every day, where when I would come in, Edie and I would sit on the couch and just kind of catch up so that at some point in the future we didn't look across that breakfast room table and go I don't know who you are anymore it takes intentionality okay the kids the kids will not die no matter their age unless blood is gushing okay <laughs> it's, it's all right to spend 15 minutes well <clears throat> date night we have opportunities for date night you know every now and then we run into a couple of us a week you know especially in the early years we have kids and we haven't been out on a date in years. I'm thinking, whoa, you're, you're setting yourself up. You, your natural responses, remember we talked about that. You're, you're leading with natural responses. You're not being intentional. <laughs> Daily devotional time. We have a gift for you on your way out. There is a there's a book out there. It's called Moments With You, and it's a devotional book that you can do with your spouse. Okay, It is a great opportunity to learn to get into the Word together, okay? To box right outside
3: the door, grab one for couple as you
2: to, l- to learn to pray together. That's another one. So you well, have no excuses. Reminders. Don't just come and listen and go away, okay? Remember your 90-day intentionality plan, okay? Talk about that. Pull that thing out and decide, what are we going to do in the next 90 days to become intentional? I know you're busy. So am I, Okay? And you're going to be busy for the next 90 days. What are we going to do to be intentional? So thanks for being here. And we'll see you in two weeks.